Hey everyone, welcome back to Life on a Mission podcast. Um, I got a special guest with me today. Uh, he's a good friend of mine, and we go to church together. And uh, he is the social media coordinator or director of Southeast Christian Church, and it's my friend Blaine Sinta. Uh, Blaine, thanks for being on today. Yeah, glad to be here, man. Um, Blaine, uh, just go ahead and introduce yourself and talk about yourself a little bit more, but then we'll kind of dive into what you do. Yeah, uh, well, uh, my name is Blaine, and uh, I'm uh, from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, I've uh, lived here my whole life, um, and uh, really um, became a Christ follower in 2011. Uh, that's when my life changed forever, and um, I've been following Jesus ever since, and he's radically changed my life in ways that I just I, I could never deem possible. But um, I've, uh, I've been working in the media industry, specifically with social media, with brands, um, and up to now church, um, for the past, uh, about two, almost three years. And, um, you know, it's taught me a lot, uh, because, you know, when, when you work with, before I came to Southeast, uh, you know, I, I learned a lot about how different brands function, their, their goals, um, uh, you know, just their overall mission and what they want to accomplish. And honestly, that helped me grow a lot because I had to, I had to get to know these brands before I was ever able to work with them. Um, and I think that's something that is really important to always take note of is, is you know, I, I, I always have to tell myself that, you know, I'm telling someone else's story. And, uh, and so to me, that's always been something that's been pretty, pretty powerful. Um, went to high school here in uh, Louisville, went to Trinity High School. Um, and after Trinity, I went to UofL, um, where I got a degree in physics and math. And somehow I wound up at a church. So I guess God has a sense, a sense of humor. There you go. Um, but uh, that's just a little bit, I guess. We could, you know. Cool. On a broad level. So we... Uh we're the generation that kind of grew up. We had the chance in our childhood to not really have social media involved in our lives. But then as we got older, everyone eventually got integrated into having a Facebook or an Instagram or a Twitter or Snapchat or something like that. Um, have you seen a difference in your church atmosphere since social media has come about? Like, Oh, definitely. Um, you know, our, right now, you know, our outreach, um, for, for a church our size, tens and tens and tens of thousands of people. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to say quite hundreds of thousands of people just yet. Social media specifically. I mean, right. from a from a from a mission standpoint, it is definitely hundreds of thousands of people. But uh, from a, from a specific social media platform perspective, mm-hmm. you know, we we've had the opportunity to reach um, so many people. I mean, I, I mean, we get messages just just generic messages through social media yeah. um, of people just thanking us for being able to bring that platform to them. They live in New York, they live in Georgia, they live in North Dakota, somewhere yeah. we'd never guess. And they say, we are so glad we're able to connect with the church on that level. And it, it, it makes us happy because like, you know, we of course know where social media has been and where it is now. Mm-hmm. And we have a vision for where we want to go. Uh, and it makes us excited because, you know, we're thinking, wow, we're going to be able to connect people so much more. If this is what it is now, mm-hmm. Who's to say what it's going to be like in two years? Um, you know, when we're able to bring the gospel to that many more people, um, yeah. and uh, you know, so we, we do something small. Uh, well, you could say it's something big too, but we do something right. as simple as a as a how can we pray for you post, and the stories that come out of that are just unreal. Do you have a team that kind of filters through all of those? Uh, no, I do it. Um, you I, do it? Yeah, I typically, well, typically what we do is you know. I'll post it and respond to each one specifically based on what it is. Mm-hmm. We cut the prayers out 
on, on a piece of paper, okay. and we pin them on a board, and then people apart, that work at the church and in the communications department specifically will walk by, pick one off, pray for that person throughout the week. Nice. Um, and so, it, but you know, just simple things like that. It's gotten, it's it's allowed us to reach such a broad spectrum um, that that you know that that's not outside the walls of the church. Yeah. And so, do you have any uh, guidelines that you have to follow when conducting the social media of Southeast? Yeah, I think anybody who runs social media for church or company, organization, nonprofit, when you fill in the blank, whatever that is, mm-hmm. you you got to be you. Like you've got to be yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's so easy. You know, say people in our in our my position, right? So uh, I work with uh, an amazing team, phenomenal team, a communications team in Southeast, unreal. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a graphic design team and a video team, and they all have their uh, and a content team, and we all we all have our own competencies and really good at and they all bring so much to the table that I'm able to utilize and, and one of the one of the biggest things that I think is so important is you know we can't pretend to be another church yeah you know I think it's I think what what we run into is like for so, from social media standpoint we get into this world of like comparing our lives to other people's and comparing uh, you know something as simple as our Instagram feed to someone else's and it's like it, and we try to be other people, but mm-hmm. we, but in the in the process of trying to be other people, we end up forgetting, or not not necessarily forgetting, but neglecting who we are and what we bring to the table. Because God brings such a unique perspective to each person in each church, right. and I think you know we can't be a you fill in blank church. Right. We're, we're southeast. We've got to we've got to treat social media in a way that helps grow the mission mm-hmm. and and bring the gospel to people and. and Grow that aspect of our church, yeah. um, and, and and I think that that's something that I have to remind myself of that daily because yeah. while social media is used to connect so many people with Jesus with what we do, it's mm-hmm. so easy for you know the enemy to kind of come in and tell lies and say, well, you need to actually do this. You need to more these people. They're doing it better. Kind of makes you want to show um, a not truthful self of like who you guys are almost, or not even like that. It's um. I guess with uh, me personally or like with what I see with, with our generation at least, you see a lot of people posting a lot of the best parts of their life mm. and uh, sometimes it can end up being, it can end up turning into some facade to where, you know, a lot a lot of the times people want you to, to get the impression that maybe they have all of the answers or all of their life together or something like that when in truth, like mm. when they're not posting pictures of themselves at the beach, mm. um, they're might be having a hard time with whatever's going on in their life and they're not yeah. they're not allowing you to, to see that and then that kind of hurts them even more when they see um, somebody else living a good life as well but then it it makes them feel competitive almost yeah right? I know that, that's a good point because I mean like uh, you know we can't the moment you start to get into that world of just comparing your life and, and putting on sort of that fake image mm-hmm. it removes that important like vital sense of authenticity yeah, that we need to have in order for not just not just for our relationship with humans, but like, but like, our relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, there needs to be that level of authenticity where we're able to um, be honest and vulnerable. Um, yeah, and, and I think if we if we spend so much time putting on that image, that that kind of fake image, um, you know, it, it's really easy for, uh, for for that to just kind of go away. What is the main message that you're trying to communicate through Southeast social media as far as reaching out to the lost or to, to anybody that doesn't know 
you know, who the church is. Or, yeah, definitely. So I think, well, first and foremost, you know, our goal is to, is to, to take our platform, to take our, our mission statement, right? The mission statement for our church is to connect people with Jesus and one another. And I think ultimately that's like the, the, the first tier, if you will, of our calling, mm-hmm. right? Is to, is to make disciples that make disciples that make disciples. And, and, and connecting people with Jesus and one another is the foundation of that. And bringing that to social media requires a lot of different processes, right? So we have 30, you know, we have, we have multiple ministries, I mean, around 30 or so ministries at the church. Yeah. And so, you know, it's a matter of how can we take what's going on at church and connect it with the people? Like, let people know what's going on in Southeast. What's life at Southeast life like? What, like, how will I feel at home there? Because, yeah. you know, Southeast isn't, you know, it's not the church home for everybody. And that's yeah. okay. That's not a bad thing. You know, yeah. I think, I always tell people, like, Southeast is not your home? Cool. Find a church that is that loves Jesus. That that, that that can be, that you feel at home, that's your church home. Yeah. Where God can use you. And and I think, for us specifically, it's taking all of this stuff that goes on at Southeast, which is tons of Tons of stuff you can imagine. I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. top ten largest church in America. It's got tons of stuff going on at it. Yeah. How can we take that and then just show that to not only this congregation, but mm-hmm. put meaningful, intentional, encouraging content out there to keep people engaged? Because yeah. here's the thing: people go to church on Sundays, yeah. wake up, buy make breakfast, whatever, mm-hmm. get in the car, on the car with the family, go to church, they'll sit down, they'll stand up for worship, they'll raise their hands in worship, they'll mm-hmm. listen to Kyle or Dave's message, and they'll nod up and down. But yes, that's great. I'll probably talk about it on my home. They get home that evening, that afternoon. They'll hang out around the family. Their spiritual high at church has already kind of started to go down. Yeah, they're already trying to figure they're out you know, where they're going to eat. You're, or, yeah, you're talking about. You're already thinking about the stresses of tomorrow's meetings, mm-hmm. and you know you're already thinking about life. And by the time you go to bed, you're already kind of. If somebody asked you, you know, things about the sermon, or you would probably have to think kind of hard to answer the questions. Not yeah. for everybody, but to be, but the, the question that we have to ask ourselves is, during the Monday through Saturday, mm-hmm. how are we able to engage people to where we're helping their walk with Jesus, but at the same time, plug them in and keep them engaged with what's going on at the church? Yeah. Because there's a lot of people out there, you know, um, who, who might have a good life looking, whose lives might look good on social media. Right. But they're longing for community. They're, they long for a, a spiritual mentor. They're, they're longing for mm-hmm. uh, that that wall that they felt that been up to be knocked down. Yeah. Um, and, and and you know it's, we have to ask ourselves every day: How can we engage people? Yeah. Bring the gospel to them through that platform. Do you find it difficult that um, that it's a mega church that you're working with, or does that have any? Well, you know, I I think um, I, I definitely don't find it. You know, Every church has its own obstacles. You know, right. a, a big church is going to have obstacles, and a small church is going to have obstacles. That's just the ministry. The ministry is yeah. you, you've got to be. Uh, you know, ministry is a it's a busy uh, yeah it's a busy industry, and it even depends on like where you are too in the world mm-hmm. as yeah. well. Like well, it doesn't even matter the size. Like sometimes you know you could be a big church in California, and you have to deal with Absolutely. the culture out there. You could be. A church in Europe, and you have to deal with that culture. And it, yeah, you know. And, you know, it's very interesting. Uh, you know, I love, um, I love talking to the leaders of the church because they they kind of remind. I think it's always important to know where you come from. Mm-hmm. And talking to them over time, I've I've started to learn more and more about where Southeast has come from and how it has evolved where it is today. And it's it's incredible that mm-hmm. it uh, that it has become the, the positive impact that it's been. Mm-hmm. But specifically, 
you know, I spend, uh, I, I kind of shifted focus from, wow, I've got this, you know, the image of this church and, you know, in my hands mm-hmm. for social, from a social media standpoint to how can I help that image succeed? How can I help that mission statement succeed and not necessarily the pressure that comes along with it? Um, you know, I, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of men in that church that, that grow me and, and, and stretch me spiritually. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, specific, and when it comes to being a mega church, you know, I I find joy, lots of joy, yeah, that sur- that surpasses any amount of stress in knowing that what I do mm-hmm. is possibly helping people at the right moment, at the right time, yeah. when they are like they're feeling as low as they can get. Yeah, like the way I picture it is like. When we put content out there that we spend tons of time on, that the video team spends tons of time on, the graphics design team spends tons of time on, mm-hmm. uh, whatever it might be, I see it as the moment that went out, that just prevented somebody from possibly falling off if you've been in the South the church. Do you ever worry that, you know, you're always trying to send a mm-hmm. positive message, but with a church like Southeast, they're always... Um, under the eyes of a lot of scrutiny and everything like that. Do you ever find yourself um, kind of thinking about if somebody could take anything the wrong way from social media? Oh, you know, definitely. I think, um, you know, we, we have our, you know, every, like every big church or something, you know, you have a handful yeah. of people who don't agree, right? And, and I only ask that too because it's like, it, it does. it's not even that it's justified or anything. It's just that sometimes people want to just find something wrong mm-hmm. with a certain situation and then you know what what better way instead of actually being in the building mm-hmm. than to try to look at it from the outside and see what they can find mm-hmm. you know so it's like it's not even that they're right it's just that that's what happens sometimes well with a, with a big church you've got to be great. yeah and, that, and that's a natural thing and I, and, and the biggest thing that we can do you know here's the thing we don't uh, luckily we, we don't want to have the issue of Big Facebook debates, you know, you see, right. that, you see that a lot, right? You see somebody, your friend posts something on Facebook, and all of a sudden you see, you, it, it's funny, you see an article on Facebook, mm-hmm. and the first thing you always look for is a comment number. Oh, yeah. And you look at, oh, 49 comments, and it was posted 10 minutes ago, I'm not getting that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, think it's a, I think it's amazing how uh, people will think that they'll solve an entire situation yeah. by one comment on Facebook, like they're the ones that have the answer. But yeah. Well, you know, we have, you know we have we have a process set in place to graciously you know take care of those situations, right? We don't mm-hmm. want to. You know, the last thing we ever want to do is lash back out at somebody and start mm-hmm. some huge debate. You know, we don't know what that person's going through. Mm-hmm. You know that that person. We don't know what life they grew up with. Mm-hmm. We don't know what circumstances they're in. We don't know. We don't know where they come from. So, you know, anytime somebody ever comes, you know, even this is how I handle it personally too. If somebody comes at me. They, they got something heated. They're mm-hmm. heated about something spiritually. Yeah. They're heated that there are these people called Christians that that have that you know try to pretend like you know, the world sunshine rainbows. They're heated about like right. it, you don't know where that person's come from. You've got to you've got to approach that person through love and grace. And, mm-hmm. and and honestly, I think you know the way to handle any of those situations is the exact way that Jesus handled um, all the situations you see in the scripture, where yeah. where he you know had to approach a wild man, had to. Uh, you know, had to, had to calm people who were heated towards him. He had a level head about everything. He had a level head, and, and I think, and, and you know, again, it all goes right back to you know where you came from. You know, when I think about like the leaders of the church, they model that for me. Yeah. You know, I think uh, what's so important is you know a church's leaders 
um, uh, are vital to that mission statement going mm-hmm. forward, right? Because mm-hmm. if, if you have poor leadership, then how is that mission statement even going to mean yeah. anything? Really? Yeah. And and I think ultimately, um, you know, trying to keep that uh, that boldness when you're speaking um, mm-hmm. and that grace, because the grace, I mean, if the grace isn't the foundation for how you're speaking, right. then what you're saying doesn't really matter. Right. And, uh, and and we have to carry that into social media uh, as well. Um, you know, but we deal with things accordingly. You know, yeah. uh, unfortunately, you know, we don't. Uh, one of one of the amazing things I love about being in the church that I'm at is you know, no church is perfect. No church ever will be perfect. Yeah. One person's ever been perfect. No one person ever will be perfect. But right. One of the things that I love about working at Southeast is that our church is known for our pastors. Uh, the how humble they are. Humility, humility and, and, and and that that means so much to me because you know specifically like and I see this in all the pastors in the church mm-hmm. when they walk into a room they automatically make themselves a small person yeah like when you see someone that does that it says something to you it really does because like they you know they can easily come in with that kind of uh, High and mighty attitude. Yeah, high and mighty. Yeah. Uh, I speak to a, pe- a congregation of 24,000 people every week and you don't listen to me. Yeah. They could easily yeah. have that mentality. They don't. And, and is that the is that the number of attendance at our church? Uh, yeah. So um, actually, interesting enough, we had we just wrapped up a series over the summer called mm-hmm. Movies. Yeah. And it was incredible. Unbelievable. I'm um, kind of sad that uh, it wasn't able to be posted on YouTube because I wanted to recommend it yeah. to a lot of my friends, oh, but there's, uh, it's copyright. Yeah, issues, so right? we had to... It's funny you say that. So we had, um, we had a series called Out the Movies. To give you kind of a, a bird's idea of what this series looked like, Dave took a series of movies over a span of five weeks and took each movie each week and showed how it can... Uh, the, the, what, what happened in that movie and paralleled it with... Uh, Meaning of certain uh, of scripture, of certain part mm-hmm. of scripture, and it was extremely impact impactful in a positive way mm-hmm. uh, because typically for any church period, mm-hmm. their lowest attendance months are June, July. It's summer; people are on vacation. Right. It's just natural. It's not like people are somehow like not Christians in July, June, July. People are gone. Yeah. Well, so Dave decides to start this series, and it was incredible. Yeah. Um, we we saw a spike of thousands of people. I think seriously. I, I don't want to put uh, a specific number on it because I don't know the specific numbers, mm-hmm. but uh, I do know that by the last week we did the series, we had an increase of six thousand people. Good lord! So that means that that what that tells me is that six thousand people came to church that more than likely never would not have come otherwise, and were able to hear the name of Jesus, hear the, who Jesus is because wow. of it. And so, just things like that. You know, we uh, we so. With that, though, you know, these movies that we use, you know, they have copyright laws. We, right. can't, we can't use Can you them. name which movies they were? Um, I don't, for the sake of the podcast, I don't know if I should say the name of it. Um, okay. I don't have the trip I just don't know. Uh, no worries. Yeah, for copyright. But they, uh, we, uh, we were able to uh, use those movies to, to really connect people. Cool. And, I, and that was incredible for me, being able to see that. Yeah, we weren't able to post those because of that, but. It was really cool. Um, people understood. Yeah, we had a few people message us asking us, but they they totally understood it when you said why because it's like right, it's a movie you can't really. Do. 
Were you able to post any clips of the sermons from those weeks? We weren't. Um, so that was where we had to kind of get creative. So we tried to think of ways that we could kind of connect with the church. And I think that's... Because that's typically what you do sometimes. You'll take a minute or mm-hmm. 30 seconds of what Kyle or Dave says from that week, and mm-hmm. you'll post it. Yeah, yeah. So we'll make a video. We'll make video content, creative, we'll add some creative touch to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we couldn't do that with that. So we had to kind of get, uh, look at it from a different angle and kind of think about what, what can we give them, but what can we show people that isn't a clip, so to speak, but still kind of keep people engaged. And so, right. um, you know, we took things that, uh, you know, from the At The Movies series, and we mm-hmm. tried to add fun things for them to be interactive with, whether it be like movie trivia, just like nice. uh, uh, guess this character, so it's just stuff like that. So cool. we, we tried to get creative with it, um, but it was the first time we did it uh, at this church. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's going to be really interesting to see um, what can happen with you. What kind of engagement have you seen, uh, not just with social media, but maybe with um, the church overall since Southeast has kind of engaged the, the frontier of social media? Yeah, so our church is really unique. Um, very unique in a sense of our, I uh, should say, age demographic. Mm-hmm. Um, for, a, for a church our size, you know, our average age, I think, is in the 40s, mm-hmm. I think, somewhere around there. And, and so for a church our size, you have a spectrum that's, you know, teenagers all the way up to whatever age, and then you have right. all the way up to 80 or older, right. you know, so you have a huge spectrum mm-hmm. of age. Uh, and so what we do, uh, you know, our Facebook page will reach a different demographic on our Instagram. Our Instagram with our average age on um, Instagram volume is probably in the 20s, maybe mm-hmm. even early, lower 30s. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's content that we have to strategize. You know, what's meaningful? Like, yeah. are we just putting content out to say, hey, we put something out today? Or are we putting content out to know that, hey, this is going to benefit somebody's walk with Jesus? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there, there is going to be content that we push um, on Facebook that will reach um certain age demographics to help reach that more strategically. Do you ever do um, sponsored posts? Like uh, you you do like a targeted specific audience that you're trying nope. to reach? No, nope, we don't do that. We, we, okay. actually, we try to veer from that. We try to, you know, realistically just purely reach the congregation that we have and mm-hmm. honestly encourage. Um, I, I think a church should never move out of the phase of encouraging disciples who make disciples. Right, and I think the more you know, we put out towards our congregation, that gives mm-hmm. them the opportunity to share with somebody else that they're discipling or that they know. That's kind of that's what you're putting your trust into. Connect people, yeah. And so, you know, we don't want to put the connecting people with one another and connect right. them with a dollar. Yeah, we want to connect them with people. People are, yeah, um, connecting people is what matters. And uh, and so yeah, we yeah we we don't we don't believe. Okay, I almost feel like. Uh, and now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like it could almost be taken the wrong way. If somebody's like, I don't know, like if you're if you got like a specific message or a verse or something on there, and then somebody is like a targeted audience for like getting that or something, it's like, yeah, I don't know. Somewhere down the road, I feel like that could just potentially be like a rabbit hole of some kind. But yeah, you know. yeah, you know, we we do um, we think very carefully about you know what we do and making sure that whatever we do, it's got to be so. We, we have to be so confident mm-hmm. that it is gospel-driven right. that it removes that word. Right. And I think that if you really do that, I think if you, um, you know, there's some things that, you know, 
a church might do, people say, you have to take a long time to do this. It's like, you know, you've got to put in some thought. Into you've it. got to put some thought. You have to put some prayer. You have mm-hmm. to spend time. Jesus wasn't always in a hurry. Right. I mean, Jesus took time yeah. and prayed. Right. He he took time and, and, and asked God, how are you going to speak into my life today for right. me to disciple these, these people? And, yeah. and I think that church, every church should treat that the same way. They shouldn't be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, we're so hashtag 2018, let's do this now. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Calm down, chill. Meditate. For Meditate. Think about it and, and, and game plan. And when you truly have prayed about it and you're so confident in whatever uh, strategic plan that you want to do, if it's truly gospel-driven, then mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be useful. Cool. What are the uh, what are some uh, challenges or some negatives that you have to deal with on a regular basis? Uh, challenges. Well, um, well, I mean, I I would say that these are these are good things. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't think that challenges um, are bad. I think that they're good. Um, you know, I, I've come into my role with certain weaknesses, and I've gotten mm-hmm. very strong in those. And I'm, well, I'm getting stronger in those. Mm-hmm. I, haven't, I haven't reached the, lo- the location yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't reached the destination. Um, but I would say um, a challenge would just be, you know, I, I pray and I pray to God a lot. I, I ask Him, you know, please let me let me reach these people. Mm-hmm. Um, through authenticity mm-hmm. and content, not not through joke. Yeah, and I think a challenge sometimes I get creative block. Yeah, I do. Uh, I there's a there is X and I need to connect it with Y. Right. Uh, and and I think honestly I have no idea how I'm gonna do it. But then all of a sudden, in in this at the simplest time, it just comes. I'm just like, I got it. Yeah, it comes to me, and and, and it's it, it makes sense. And I think that, that that can be a challenge often is, you know, we um, we get in these ruts, and I think every creator will get in this rut. Mm-hmm. They always do, whether they're writing, whether they're illustrating, whether they're whatever they're creating, where they don't know what to do in a specific situation, but then... You, you know, almost feel so redundant, you yeah. can't get out of that hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and, uh, and, and that can be tough. It really can be. Um, mm-hmm. You know, communicating with multiple ministries... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's never easy, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, Jesus never calls us in the ministry. It's easy. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and and I think and, and to clarify on that, maybe I should rephrase that. He doesn't call us into the life of ministry, not the career ministry. He doesn't right. call us into the life of ministry. Yeah, and for it to be easy, you know, I think you can do ministry anywhere you are. Right. Whether you're working in a cubicle, whether you're a construction worker, or you're a lawyer, or whoever you are, I think. Yeah. that you can be used to spread the gospel and and uh, I literally say that all the time yeah and it's it's um, it's with people like if somebody's like well I don't know if I'm supposed to work in the church or I don't know if I'm supposed to do missions I'm like well listen you've been given a set of gifts and passions mm-hmm. that are specific to you mm-hmm. what you need to do is you need to find out what those are and you need to find out how you can form an outlet of ministry with those mm-hmm. if it calls you to be a dentist be a dentist, but be a light in that place mm-hmm. where you are. Mm-hmm. It causes you to be an accountant. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, crunch numbers, but then be a light where you are. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the things that you've done in your life, you're very t- 
technologically savvy. You love taking photos. I've watched you grow your social media with great photography over time. And it's eventually plopped you into this position where you are using a very artistic approach with social media to connect people with Jesus in just a captivating way. And that's that's the point, you know? It's like Kyle and Dave, they're good at talking. Uh, Matt Bayless, he's good at singing. You know, other people. Uh, what's it? Stephen Costas? Estes? Estes? Yeah. Yeah, he's great at photography yeah, as well. And then it's just, you know, that, that's that's what it is. It's it's finding your it, your gifts and your passions and formulating it mm-hmm. into a certain outlet of ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, big time. And um, yeah, I think what a, lot, what a lot of people find, at least the, this is the same way I find myself in, is mm-hmm. they, when, they, when they get in, when they pursue a life following Jesus, they get into the, they get trapped in the mindset of the numbers. Yeah. Right? So, how many people am I connected with? How many people? How many people that? It almost becomes a checklist. It almost becomes a checklist. And the biggest thing, and, and, and this is what I want to do, I love about kind of the direction of is we stop, we, we, we slow down, and we just look. How are we intentional? How are we doing? So if we have an event at our church, okay, that's great. Mm-hmm. How is that event being? We just connect people with Jesus. We connect people with the church. If we're, if we're doing anything, that's the that, that's one of the first things we think about. You, right. know, you don't, any, like any, any mega church can, can conjure up the resources to throw on some big event. Ooh, yeah. wow, everybody has fun one day, and then all of a sudden the next day they wonder why they did that. Yeah, it's an act. You know, how are we able to use that to connect people? And you know, Jesus. One, that, this is one of the things I love about Jesus the most is he didn't look at numbers. Right. He didn't have, hey guys, six thousand people today. Yeah. How do you like that? It's like no. It's right. not. He spent intentional time with twelve disciples. Yeah. And and you know if that's uh, you know, I to me in my you know the way I see it is one thing goes out on social media and it only impacts one person. Mm-hmm. It's hundred percent worth it. Yeah, hundred ten percent. Do you feel like though with the mega church that's a that's a thing that y'all have to come across a lot is intentionality. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes people get lost in the crowd and you have to yeah. you know, be careful about making sure that like people are getting attention almost. Like yeah. this, we have a we have a team of people. Whose goal, whose focus is connecting with new people mm-hmm. in the church, and uh, you know, I meet, I meet a lot. I, you know, we have people who work, who I, who I work with, who look for people to, uh, who have amazing stories, who, uh, you know, who uh, maybe might be new to the church, maybe a week, maybe a day, who knows? And they have this incredible story yeah. uh, that they want to tell about. You know how they came to Christ and how they found their home in Southeast, and uh, you know I so I talk to new people at the church, people who are brand new to the church all the time, yeah. and so you know it's important you know to us every single soul that walks in those doors mm-hmm. are are so important to us, not because we want them to be a member. If they come to Southeast and they right. end up going to another church, great, yeah, just follow Jesus with all your heart and soul, and pursue a life following Him. Mm-hmm. And if Southeast is your home, great. Plenty of places for you to be involved. We have plenty of places for you, for you, plenty, plenty of people for you to engage with. Yeah. Um, but you know that's something that we're always thinking about. Is you know new people. How are we able to connect with them? Yeah. You're not just a number. You know you're not just yeah. uh, a volunteer or something. You're you're a you're a human being that we want to invest in. Yeah. And grow. And 
That's honestly, that's encouraging to like hear you say that, especially, you know, someone who works in that church, because uh, more often than not, you hear a lot of people on the outside of it saying like, I feel like that there would be no way that I could go in there and like find a home because it's like a mini mall or something, or people call it Six Flags over Jesus, you know, like it's a, it's a I like theme parks. That's good. Yeah, no, but it's like, that's what they compare it to. They compare it to a, a giant theme park full of a bunch of different rides to where nobody would even notice that they were there. But to hear somebody in the church, in that church say that y'all are making a constant effort to, to make sure that that demon of unintentionality is not present there, that you guys are making sure that everybody is welcomed and understands that they have a home and an opportunity there. It's an encouraging thing to say. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, and I just think people who say those things, mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. Like, I get it. I, it I, again, if I'm putting myself in the mindset, I've never been to church, mm-hmm. I've heard of this Jesus dude before, never really cared to know anything about him, and somebody invites me to Southeast and I pull into that parking lot, mm-hmm. like, I get it. But, you know, our goal is, you know, to meet you where you are. Jesus calls us to meet people where they are. He, yeah. he, he doesn't ask you to get your stuff together and come to him when you're all packed up and ready. Mm-hmm. He just whatever mess you have, cool, bring it with you. Yeah. And, and you know, that's something that, you know, we have to communicate to people who don't go to Southeast, who mm-hmm. happen to stumble across our post, is, you know, it, we literally, we really do mean it. Yeah. <laughs> there's no comma, there's a period. We really do mean it when we say we don't care who you are. Right. Right. We really do mean that. Like, like I know some people like say that, but kind of like, no, like seriously, like whatever you got, like come mm-hmm. and we'll connect. You. And and I think that that's it's so important. And, and honestly, it was really encouraging to me because, uh, <laughs> oh man, I started um, like a day. Maybe two days before one of the biggest events we've had in the whole year. What and was it? The Chris Seller Christmas together. And it's okay. it was an incredible event. I think we estimated it had like 30, 35,000 people in this thing. And wow. Um, Good thing. Yeah. And uh, we had, uh, it, it, it was an amazing event because, you know, the sole purpose of it was to connect people with the church. Right. And, and it was really cool to hear, we heard the stories. You can't make this stuff up. Like the story, you know, there were people that were coming left and right with just unbelievable testimony. And what was really encouraging to me is I came out, I walked out of the sanctuary, they had this little thing they did during the event in the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. I walked out of the sanctuary, I was in the atrium, which is basically the atrium is basically the gathering place right outside the sanctuary. Absolutely and, and, and huge. It's, it's, it's massive, yeah, it's great. But it's great because it's, the bigger it is, the more people get to gather. It's exactly. But I'm standing there and I look to my left. And I see Dave right there, just talking to yeah. member of the congregation, yeah. and like it—that's the senior pastor talking with. You know, it's easy for them to, you know, uh, if I go out there, people are gonna want to talk to me. Yeah, but they love people. Yeah, and that's and ultimately, you know, we have a you know Blankenbaker is in our biggest campus. Um, it's uh, but uh, you know we have. Uh, satellite campuses as well, and you mm-hmm. know I love those as well because you know they. Um, Do you know how many satellite campuses? Uh, yeah, so we have six campuses total okay. across the whole spectrum. Okay. Um, so we have uh, one in Indiana, Southwest Indiana, uh, uh, Crestwood, Oldham County, 
LaGrange, Oldham County, and Elizabeth Town, and Okay, cool. So, uh, what I love about each of those campuses is each campus, you know, they're in their different areas of town. And, you know, so you, you have such a unique culture at each one. Yeah. And, and uh, the, the people there are incredible. I've, I've been to every campus, and it's just like, wow. I haven't had a chance to go to every campus yet. Yeah, and uh, I, you know, it's, it's great. And, and, and what's cool is each of you know, campuses, they kind of give you that, like, cool, like, small town, church town feel. Yeah. You walk in, and it's like, nice and it's very intimate and yeah but, but it, it doesn't make one campus better than the other it just right. means that each one has different things to bring to the table they've got their own style they got their own yeah and uh but we're all under the same church banner we're all right. one church you know we're not uh six separate churches right under the south we're one church we're south southeast but we're just putting ourselves in different areas of town to better reach those communities yeah. you know if we didn't have satellite campuses we can't reach crestwood as good as we can without having a crestwood campus yeah and so um, that that's just uh, an example, and, and it's, it's been pretty cool to see that happen. Um, you know, uh, being able to oversee some of the social media aspects. You know, they mm-hmm. they have their own people to connect with in those areas. Uh, it's incredible. It's really cool. Well, let's switch gears for a minute and talk about since you were talking about where the church wants to meet people where they are and everything. Let's talk about where Jesus met you, where you were, because mm-hmm. you know I know you. And I knew that you didn't grow up with, well, you grew up Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But some things changed for you over time, and mm-hmm. your faith has grown, and things have just been different. Can you just list off, or not even list off, just talk about um, kind of your journey with Jesus? Yeah, definitely. You know, I grew up, uh, I grew up in an amazing family. Um, you know, I loved my family to death. Uh, my mom and dad were incredible. They are incredible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they, they raised me, uh, they gave me amazing opportunities, and they raised me with amazing uh, work ethic, and they taught me uh, just, uh, just uh, things that I could never really thank them for yeah. enough. Um, and uh, I, I grew up Catholic, that's correct. I uh, grew up in a Catholic church. Um, amazing people, too. Uh, they're yeah. great people. I, I, met, I met some awesome, awesome people. Um, but, you know, you know, I... My whole life, you know, for a while, you know, I went to an all-boys Catholic school um, here in uh, here in the world, Trinity, the Rocks, Tate State. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, <laughs> I had that. There you go. Um, and uh, you know, I, I had some amazing teachers there. It's an amazing school. Truly made a man out of me. I mean, seriously, right. a boy a boy went into Trinity, a man came out. I mean, I'm not. That's that's not a lot. Yeah. But you know, I never, I never truly knew what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus. Like I, I get it. Like God, okay, cool. God mm-hmm. existed. I was like, I grew up. You know, I had the, you know, I took religion classes, Old Testament, New Testament, morality, all these classes. I could tell you the order of Old Testament books. I mean, shoot, at one point, I probably could have told you the lineage of Leviticus. Who knows? I don't. Yeah. That's a joke. There's no way. I don't think anybody can do that. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, but I, I never really truly, truly knew what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus. And, um, you know, when I graduated high school, um, we, you know, every year, uh, the seniors at Trinity, they have a senior retreat. Yeah. And I think they go to Saints. 
gosh, I can't remember the location's name. I think it's like St. Francis something. Anyway, it's a really nice place in the woods with the lake. It's pretty cool. So we went there. Like a camp? Yeah. Okay. And so it's about three days long. Okay. Um, and we go, we went there, and it was just, it was a very impactful, it was very impactful. Yeah. Um, and I, I, after coming, coming out of that, I was like, okay, like, God exists. So that was kind of like the turning point for you. Almost. Well, that wasn't a turning point. It led up to it. So okay. I, I, that was like, I, I knew that God existed. Dumb. Okay, like, I, I get it. But right after that, and, and this, this is kind of spine-chilling to me whenever I talk about this, because it proves to me that God was truly pursuing yeah, get it out there. Man. And and uh, so I get I get I get connected with a group of people uh, into my uh, right after my freshman year of college, mm-hmm. and uh, I go to uh, a leadership down in Tennessee and uh, kind of listen to somebody give their testimony. And right there, like I just knew it. Like Jesus wants a relationship with us. Like yeah. I never really got that. Like I, I never knew. Like, so many people. Like my whole life, I, I always kind of thought like, you know, if I was a good person, like if I, if I, you know, help people out, you know, if I, if I didn't kill anyone, you know, if I didn't do bad things and I did a lot of good things and I kind of like, I get there and I kind of get to the point where I get to heaven and all that. And like, all of a sudden, like I just, I, I don't call it the Holy Spirit, call it just Jesus, whatever. It, right. I just got it. You can't, I can't do enough of the right things to somehow earn an infinite God's love. Mm-hmm. Like, none of us can. And that's great because all we have to do is receive it. Like, it, he's got all the love in the world for us. Mm-hmm. And all we have to do is receive it. And that, and that doesn't matter where we are in life, how much, what sin we've committed, what we've done. Literally, it doesn't matter. You fill in the blank, put whatever you want there. It doesn't matter. He loves you. You have to receive that. When you receive that, when you receive love, when you receive Jesus. Jesus is love, and we make him our Lord and Savior. And that that changes everything. And for me, it, I mean, uh, you know, at first it was like true, seriously emotional. I was like mess. I was like, like holy smokes. Yeah. Like, I mean, wow. Like my whole life, you know, I've known, I, I, I knew religion my whole life. Right. Religion, I got, I got religion. I feel like I feel like everybody like knows religion. Yeah, right? religion's not hard to get at all. Yeah, but Jesus didn't come here for religion. Right. He didn't come here for you to somehow have more accolades. Yeah. He came here for your heart. He wants your heart. Yeah. He wants you. He wants you as you are. He loves you. And and I think that that's so encouraging to me. And honestly, I think things didn't really change. Uh, I didn't start actually pursuing my relationship with Jesus seriously. I mean, I mean, on a serious level, uh, man, honestly, man, it was probably the right at the end of like 2015. Yeah. Not, not too, uh, not too far away. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, yeah, back in, back in 2011 to 2015, of course, I told you I love Jesus. Yeah. But I didn't fully go all in. It actually like, that's kind of the way I was too. And it was like, um, I think just like with college and everything, like, you know, you, you had the chance to be your own person and you get out of whatever bubble that you grew up in because mm-hmm. everyone, everyone grows up in a bubble of some kind, mm-hmm. right? It's the only community that they know. But when they go to college, when they leave the home, they encounter more than just their own community. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I know what you mean by what you're saying there, I like 
for me, at least, I had to get my butt kicked to kind of hmm. <laughs> like remember where I came from. No, we all do. <laughs> it was just one of those things. Oh, like, man. so like when you said like you grew up knowing religion, mm-hmm. I bet you definitely had some religion classes at oh, training. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I went to a Christian Academy and we studied like world religions, but you know we had Bible class like every year and stuff. I had like the privilege to learn a great deal more than most people get the opportunity to mm-hmm. just because it's not, you know, it's not in the public school curriculum to, to go into those things. But I knew the answers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I knew, but then it was like, it, it was one of those things where I had like these tools, but I, I didn't know like what to use them for or like these gifts or like these opportunities. And right. it was like, I kind of had to, to visit this end of the spectrum to realize I was like, holy cow, it all makes sense almost. Like I know, like I know that I, I could not go on without, without this. And it was something that like I immediately cling to like oxygen. And it was just one of those, one of those insanely like, like spine tingling revelations where it was like, wow, this is more than just like do's and don'ts. Like this is like, this is, this is a this is a love letter. Mm-hmm. It's come it's coming at you to say like listen listen. This is not a checklist. This is not this is not a do or don't thing. This is not a moral code. This is me telling you that there are things in this world in this universe that are going to happen that are not going to be in your favor. Mm-hmm. They're going to hurt. They're going to be negative. They're going to bring you down. They're going to bring somebody else down. People are going to cry. People are going to ask questions. Why? Why does this have to happen? Why here? Why me? Why now? And I'm here to tell you that there is, I want you to know that I'm above these things. Mm-hmm. And it's, this is, this is it right here. This is, if you can get my message, you have a, you have a place where you can anchor your joy and peace for the rest of your life knowing that I will reconcile all these things. Mm-hmm. And that was like, that was I was in the yeah. middle I was in the middle of doing some garbage things in college when it clicked like when it or not even like clicked but it was like one of those like it was like a like whatever I was in it was low tide and then it started to become high tide and like these waves were like coming over me and I was like it was overwhelming almost yeah and it doesn't make it easier you know I think one of the most encouraging books in the Bible for me mm-hmm. the most encouraging love letters is Philippians. Dude, Dude, get out of here. I know, I know, I know, man. And I know, you know like, you and I both, I, I know you and I both, you and I both dived into that book for a long time. Yes, I that, Like, months. We dived into that book. But, dude, I'm telling you, you just can't, like, that Paul's love letter to those people, in the midst of what he's going through, mm-hmm. it is exactly how we need to modify. The, the, here, so... Along with that, you know, I had Cameron on the podcast, right? Yeah. So we wanted to talk about his favorite book of the Bible, oh, which is Philippians. Oh, we oh. had, you know, we talked for two hours on here before um, we even got into Philippians, and we were only able to talk about it for fifteen minutes. So, I mean, basically, what's going to happen from there is I'm going to be going and visiting him again. And we're going to do like a whole series oh, on sweet. Philippians because you're you're absolutely right. You yeah. know, I mean, it's one of your favorite books, but it's like it's just. It's unreal. It's one of the best love letters that Paul wrote that, you know, gives us this look that, that we haven't had the chance to experience yet. Well, you know, I had a gut check about a week ago. Yeah. A uh, week and a half ago. One of, the, one of the men that I really look up to at church, uh, he's been going 
we're going to book Philippines with me again. Okay. And he, and he told me something that really, like, I mean, he got me. He yeah. said, our lives are so out of order sometimes because our loves are out of order. And, and when, when he said that, I was like, man, yeah. that applies to yeah. social media or like what I do for the church or like people's lives in general. Yeah. And it's, you know, when I, when I heard that, I was just like, man, that, that is, that is literally, you can't be more true. Yeah. Um, and, and I think ultimately people spend so much time and they look at all the, it's a literal tiny rule, similar to how, honestly, sim- similar to how old the Old Testament, like, you know, in the Old Testament, how many laws did they have to obey? Like, yeah. five, 400? 613 laws. 613 laws. You can't, you can't, ain't no one yeah. gonna do that right. One of the That's laws not, was uh, you can't wear, like, more than one type of fabric, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's like polyester and cotton. Mm-hmm. You're sinning. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's, there's things like that, like, you know, people spend spend so much time. Like, ah, I just got to do this right, or mm-hmm. ah, I just got to get here. And it's like Jesus literally came and washed all of that away and said, "Y'all, like, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not just some dude who's like some fictitious character. Like, he's he was he's as real as real could get. Like, mm-hmm. and and I think ultimately people encounter him eventually. Right. Everyone does. Yes. I believe some that too. Co- some collisions are more beautiful than others. Yeah, maybe in, in a sense of uh, when you collide with them. Right. But you know, when I think about when you fi- when it finally happens mm-hmm. and you receive that grace, like you can't. There's no definition of grace that will ever do justice. Yeah. You can't define grace. Like like people try and like you could spend hours and hours. You could spend multiple episodes of podcasts talking about grace. But ultimately, you have to experience it. it like, the only thing and that you can do is give it certain characteristics, mm-hmm. yeah. like uh, forgiveness, yeah. compassion, but it, it, it barely scratches the surface. It's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, I know what you mean, man. But it's one of those things to me where, like, and you're right, I do believe that a bunch of people, like, obviously encounter Jesus, like, at one point in their life or another, and sometimes. Like, it can be tough. Sometimes it's an overwhelming feeling of joy, like what you experienced or what I experienced. But, um... <laughs> hey, talk about whatever you want to talk about for a minute, and I'm going to rip my siblings a new one real okay, quick. Okay, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> well, uh... <laughs> I'll be right back. I'm going <laughs> to... I'll just be right back. <laughs> well, anyway, no, but I think Drew, Drew makes a really good point. You know, I think... Um, Ultimately, um, you know, we can't do enough of the right things um, to to earn God's love. And I think that no matter where you are, uh, regardless of uh, what you're going through in life, um, Jesus wants to meet you where you are. Uh, and you know, a lot of people think that, well, I'm an exception, or what I'm going through, you just don't understand. But 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 He has an an unfathomable love for you, and I think that. Uh, when you when you receive that love, uh, seriously, it's, it, it it can and will change your life. Um, uh, you know, one of the things that I actually love about um, who Jesus is is when you look at wh- who Jesus is and what every other religion is out there. Every, every you know, however many there are, mm-hmm. they all have a set of criteria you have to meet. 
Right. They all have a set of rules that you have to accomplish. Yeah. And Jesus is literally the only thing that just asks you to receive it. Yeah. You know, one of my one of my things, and by the way, thanks for not letting it be dead air for oh, a few yeah, minutes. Okay. I mean, if you're talking about Jesus, it's kind of hard for you to have dead air. Exactly. Yes. It is what it is. But, um, you know, I was talking about... Um, I was talking about that the other day as far as like uh, people taking up different lifestyles like Buddhism or Hinduism or something like that. And it's always like this lifestyle like checklist or whatnot that, that, that people will constantly fall short of. And it's, it's like one of those things where it's like, I'm not saying like, don't, don't live like this lifestyle, like where you're constantly generous to people. Like, that's wonderful. But like, listen, if you're doing that because you're like, you see yourself as like, not good enough or like you see yourself as like a like a terrible person or something like that this what you would call a religion what is what we call love is is extended to us like you just said freely but it's one of those things where Jesus doesn't enter your life so that you can begin a checklist to make yourself better mm -hmm. Jesus enters your life so that literally your heart and soul begins to change its nature in a very positive way. Sometimes it challenges you, but it never destroys the beautiful parts about you. It doesn't call like he doesn't call you to put certain things away to say like, all right, well you're you're not good enough here, so we're gonna stop doing that. Basically what he's saying is, listen, I'm gonna change your nature and your your heart and soul to where like you're not following a checklist. It's simply what you do and who you are and like what you love being. So it's like when Jesus entered my life, you know, it like if Jesus hadn't entered my life, I would be, I wouldn't think about it this way, but I'd be living such a, like a selfish lifestyle in pursuit of like filling my needs or filling my happiness. And I would be constantly chasing uh, happiness and comfort that would ultimately like just leave me just like wringing myself dry. And I didn't realize that, like, if I flipped it around and I and I looked at like the, the 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 strengths that I have and even the weaknesses that I have, and I and I figure out how to use that to serve somebody else, how much more fulfilling that mm -hmm. is. Like, and that's what you're doing with social media. You know, social media. There was this vision when it first got started all the way back to like MySpace and Facebook. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't even call MySpace like social media barely. Like it was like a weird page. It was like a, like a spoofed up chat room. Right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but it's like when Facebook started and when Instagram came along and then Twitter and Snapchat, what happened was that we had like as as, as far as humanity goes, we had this beautiful vision that what it was going to do is that it was going to connect us mm -hmm. in a very beautiful, positive way. We get to share memories. We get to let people know how we're doing. Um, we get to update people on our lives and people get to let us know how happy they are for us and everything. But what happened was that we slipped down this dangerous rabbit hole to where it began to consume us. It was a resume of not just like not just like what we're up to, but it's like our value. And we put our value on the internet mm -hmm. and we let people judge. Mm -hmm. And that was our pursuit of happiness. Mm -hmm. Some people are successful at it. Some people have millions of followers. Mm -hmm. And what they do is that they wear 
like these amazing outfits or these very revealing outfits or they're yeah. doing some insane thing yeah. they're flexing on instagram they're flipping money around and people are applauding them for yeah. it yeah i mean it's it's truly like it's it's like it's it reminds you of like a paganistic world it is and it's worship yeah it is and, and i think one, one of the worst places you can get is when you're taking social media and you're using it to basically be your image, right. and you're, use, you're using it to be your identity. Your identity is not in social media. Your identity is in Jesus Christ. But once people are people are going to be on social media, you know, they'll post pictures of their kids or you know that thing they ate for lunch or whatever. Right, right. We're at least going to meet them where they are. But I think a dangerous place to be, though, really is that place where you start making social media part of who you are. And and you know, there's this quote. Um, I think it's by John Piper, and uh, it's uh, it said he said uh, one of the greatest uses of social media uh, is that in the last days prayerlessness was not a result of lack of time. Jeez, and and, I, and that and that right there really made me think because I'm thinking, how are you using social media? Yeah, You're, like okay, so you have personal social media, great, right. okay, yeah, how's it being used? Like, is it inspiring? Is it, is it encouraging? Are you just trying to capture memories? Yeah, are you trying to capture memories? Are you using it as like a portfolio? Or, or are you using it as something to convey a faith identity? Are you using it to seek approval from other people? Yeah. Using yeah. the amount of likes that you get as social currency? Yeah, yeah, literally. Social, it, it truly is. And I'm telling you, I you know, I, uh, I have the amazing privilege of, of leading a group with a high school ministry. Yeah. And these kids, they have it. That's so much worse than me. I mean... I can't. We were barely. We we, we were yeah. like the beginning of it. We were, and back when you know when, when I was in when I was in high school, you had a Facebook. You were basically the age of like thirty. Like your parents, like my parents. I remember when my mom made a Facebook. I think it was two thousand eleven, maybe something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And like I like I laughed. I was like, you got. I'll give it eleven minutes. Like right. we're not going to be on this thing for a while. Right. And, and Lord behold, that's like. The main uses of social media now. I think yeah. more people actually like forty and up use so use Facebook now than people who are younger. People yeah. are younger going things like Snapchat, and Instagram. Because it's like, it's more it's more simple and it's more oh like uh, able to project like what you're wanting. Yeah, Facebook it's full of funny videos or ads or something. Well, it's like the Walmart of social media. Yes, it's got a ton of stuff. Yes, a lot of stuff you might be interested in. But you actually really care about little, little amount of things that you actually see on your news. Or, uh, or solving political arguments, like Lit- you were talking about. Oh, yeah, like, you know, because those, those arguments totally solve the situation. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, ultimately, uh, you know, these like these kids, you know, they, um, you know, their streaks on social media, on Snapchat, they're built like on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, um, incredible, and insanely, insane things. It is, in, is 100% social currency. I remember the stresses that I had in middle school and in high school coming up. Like, mm, yeah. like the things that I just kind of dealt with already. Like my parents were getting the divorce at that time and that obviously sucked, but it was like, you know, pretty much everybody was going through that. So you knew how to handle it. Right. And then, you know, relationships mm-hmm. would fade in or fade out. Maybe I would take a girl to the movies and then it didn't work out or something like that. And I felt bad about it for a week. I can't possibly imagine how much more amplified that is when you, when these kids are on these seventh graders, these eighth graders, people that are coming into their hormones. Yeah. Where entering, they're entering literally like their teenage. 
everything they yeah. feel is amplified simply by their chemicals mm -hmm. and then they have social media to make sure that it is in their face all the time constantly they don't it doesn't even matter if they go home mm -hmm. there's not a there's not a space where they can get away from it because it's it's addicting because when I was when I was growing up the big place for drama was always the cafeteria yes that was it like when you go to the cafeteria you see everybody and that girl you asked out the other day, you said, no, she's there. Yep. And that guy you got to fight with the other day during football practice, he's also there. Yep. Everybody's in the same place. Now, the cafeteria is in your bedroom. Mm -hmm. It is in the basement. It's, it, it's, it's when you're in your car. It's, it's when your mom's taking home from school. It's everywhere. Yep. And, and these kids, like, you know, I have to, like, we have to constantly tell these kids, like, look, regardless of what happens on social media, it mm. isn't your identity. It's not. It never will be. I don't care if you are the hottest thing on this planet to all these kids or whatever. Yeah. You're not, your identity is not found in that. And um, while social media can be used to grow, to spread the gospel, mm -hmm. it can be used for the kingdom. Uh, it can, it's like money. Yeah. Money can be used for incredible things. Yeah. Money can be used for also bad things. How you use money, it. Money is amoral. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, yes, exactly. And how you use it dictates the impressions I would I would almost say that that the social media platforms are amoral as well but and I wanted to kind of ask you your opinion about this there are some things going on with Facebook and Instagram and even Twitter to where I am starting to think it's not so amoral anymore, mm -hmm. and I'm kind of wondering when it is going to start to affect our community, mm -hmm. as far as the Christian community. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that are going on now where I see, uh, 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 like Twitter is removing accounts that are not following community guidelines, but um, people are kind of pointing out that it's not really just following the, their political agenda mm -hmm. of some kind. Mm -hmm. Uh, Instagram does the same thing. Facebook doesn't really do that. You can kind of just do whatever the heck you want on Facebook. But it's yeah. like when you post something or you tweet something, um, who was it? Uh, let's say uh, like Roseanne Barr. Okay, so she had that TV show. She was restarting her show and she had some inappropriate tweets. They were racist tweets, right? Mm -hmm. To my knowledge, um, her and then other people who have been in that situation have had their accounts deleted and basically have been removed from having a voice, right? Mm -hmm. And that's starting to become a freedom of speech issue, almost. Right. Um, I want to know, at least in your eyes, if you ever think about this, do you ever see a point in the future where um, an institution like the evangelistic American church mm -hmm. would ever be susceptible to being uh, hindered by social media's community guidelines or their political views whatsoever? Well, I can say I, I don't foresee Christian life being easier. Right. Um, now, does that mean that your life's going to be miserable? Absolutely. But does that mean that you're going to have obstacles when it comes to spreading the gospel and telling people about who Jesus is? Absolutely. It's going to be tough sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing is for certain. For the last 2,018 years, yeah. people have tried. They've done everything they can.
understand. They have burned books. They have burned libraries. They have burned yeah. towns. They have burned millions of people yeah. to prevent the name of Jesus from the spread of the gospel. Yeah. And not once is it worth And And you know what? Here's the thing. Uh, I don't, you know, I'm not a big, uh, I, don't, I don't get big into politics. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm a firm believer. Polly is a Greek word for many. He takes with blood suckers. You do the math. There you go. Um, <laughs> You know, oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't dive too far into it because you know, look, yeah. you know, ultimately, whether you're Republican, you know, Jesus doesn't love only Republicans. He doesn't only love Democrats. Yeah. He loves everyone, and he calls you, regardless of who political, who, what which political affiliation right. you have, to love him and pursue him. Your identity is in him, yeah. not a political party. Moving on. So there you go. Uh, ultimately, uh, you know, I think that. Jesus is for you. Yeah. He is. When you live in that, um, his words are spread. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, you know, what, if you look at how Peter lived, um, you know, Peter in the span of two weeks, mm-hmm. the guy went from denying Jesus to being so drenched by the Holy Spirit, he healed a lame person. Yeah. So if that's what Jesus has, yeah. now I look at some laws that prevent a post from being shared. Yeah. That's got nothing. Yeah. Literally not. It's literally leaves in the wind compared to the Holy Spirit. There you go. And so that's something I have to remind myself of is these things aren't urban legends. They're not myths. They're not something that some guy said that he heard from his best friend down the street who his father's nieces, uncles, twice removed, cat's best friend, told him in college. Like, no, this is stuff that happened. Yeah. It's stuff that is real. It's Mm -hmm. as real as... The fact that George Washington lived. Yeah. These people aren't myths. Yeah. And if that can happen, and if all the stuff that has happened mm-hmm. to Christ followers in 2018 years has happened, yeah. and he's still going strong, I'm not worried about it. God has never woken up and said, shoot, I don't want to do this. I didn't see this coming. What? Like, Guys, you have any idea? I don't know. Do you? No? No. That's never happened. And it's not going to happen. Yeah. That's why I tell people, your faith your faith is not placed in who the, who's president. Yeah. Your faith is not placed in what laws are passed. Are those important? Yes. Yeah. Your faith is put in Jesus. Your identity yeah. is in Jesus. Yeah. And, and that's why at the end of the day, it's re- it, this isn't just like a slang term. It right. truly is all good. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's good. Now, go. and, and that makes things, you know, uh, the Great Commission more important. Yeah. You know, and uh, the world's not going to offer that. Yeah. The world's not going to offer you uh, that kind of uh, peace and that kind of power. Yeah. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, who God is. I mean, He's huge. He is. He is as big as big can get. It's yeah. bigger than what we can conceive. You know. Yeah. We, uh, you know, I, I, you know, when I, when I was in college. My, you know, my official track, if you will, was physics with a minor in math. And so, like, you know, I was kind of, I was telling people, I was kind of picked up and plopped into a bucket of atheists. Right. That's basically it. Yeah. I love them. And you did speed school, too, right? Yeah, when we were in it, we weren't, like, so we actually, the physics part of UVL was detached from the speed school, like, okay. in terms of the pool of funding. Okay. So we don't have to compete with that funding. Okay. But we had, a, we were in that same, like, you know, buildings and stuff like that. And cool. So it was kind of, it was kind of Okay, cool. Uh, but I uh, love, love all those guys to death, uh, guys and girls. Uh, 
But uh, you know, ultimately, you know, there's some very, 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 very smart people at that school. And yeah. Space, uh, all of that existence is huge. It is big, and we yeah. will never fully comprehend it. Because if we could fit an infinite God in our three and a half pound brain, we would be rewarded. Right. And if there's one thing that I've noticed is that he's never fallen back on his word mm-hmm. in the midst of all the chaos, in the midst of that, in the midst of all the t- all the things that I've ever screwed up on, mm-hmm. in the midst of how much I've literally sinned daily, he still has not been bad. He still has not fallen back on his word. And so I don't really get worried about regulation when I think yeah. about a God like that. Okay. And so yeah. I think they're important though. Yeah. Uh, make you know that that, that does, in no way does that somehow take away from the importance of, of uh, you know right. laws that are passed and yeah. things of that nature. You know, I think it's you need to stand for what is right. I think I think a, there's a, a big sin is a sin of nothing. It's yeah. the sin of doing nothing. It's the sin of standing by and literally doing nothing. Uh, Kyle even talked about that this past weekend. Uh, you know, when when Eve ate, ate the apple, well, Eve ate the apple, but what did Adam do? Nothing. Nothing. He just stood there yep. and watched. Right. While Satan lied to her about who God is. Yeah. His his wife, he literally lied to his wife. Yeah. And he stood there and did nothing. So you know, technically the first fall of the first fall of man, the first sin of man. Nothing. Yeah. The sin of passivity. And so I think that it's always important to keep that in mind and to do something. Um, but uh, as long as that something is Gospel driven, uh, look out world because we're not going in. No, and it's not. Uh, it's not. In fact, Christianity is even proven. The more you suppress, suppress it, yeah. The more you press down on it, the more you try to prevent, the more God just sort of laughs and just says, "Nope, yep, it's not happening. It's not." And so, cool, um, yeah. cool, cool. Well, all right, I'm gonna get into some rapid fire questions here real quick. Let's I always do, do this. So, uh, let's start out with what's your favorite movie. Favorite movie. Save if you don't, Ryan. whoa, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. All right, good enough for me. <laughs> Fantastic. What's your favorite music? Uh, or favorite band? Folk. 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 Okay. Uh, if I had to pick a favorite band, oh, or artist. Uh, we'll we'll do Coldplay for right okay. now. I think I, I have like I, there's a tie between a lot of them, okay. but I like a, uh, there's an artist called his name's Tyson Matsumbacher. It's really good. Mm. Um, Full play is good. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm so all of it plus the music is kind of hysterical. I mean, I'm the same way. I I love like Chris Stapleton is like a for sure go to oh, yeah. for me. I like Chris Stapleton, Sturgill Simpson, mm-hmm. and then I like folk music like you were talking about, like uh, John Prine. Mm, yeah, I like uh, Luke Bryan's a big one. I love Luke Bryan. You want to know something sick what? about John Prine? What? You know that uh, song Paradise? You know, he's like a. Um, Daddy, won't you take me back to you? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's a real place, right? Yeah. That's here in Kentucky. Wait, for real? And I drove through it while I was listening to that song. It was really weird because I was driving, I was listening to that song, and it was like, Daddy, won't you take me down to Muhlenberg? And it was saying, now entering Muhlenberg County. And I drove over this bridge down by the Green River, and it was saying, driving over Green River. And I was like, no way. But that was like one of the coolest things ever for me. That's, but You couldn't do that again. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, all right. So, uh, also, what's your favorite book besides favorite. the Bible? Uh, the Quartet. 
quartet? Yeah. What's so it about? The book is about uh, uh, George Washington, John Jay, Alexander Hamilton, and Thomas Jefferson. It's basically how they uh, stitched the country back together post-American Revolution and pre-constitutional politics. Okay. It's the best demonstration of pure leadership that I've seen in a very long time. It gets in depth. It takes basically a mix of all four of their autobiographies and it pieces it together and shows how they prevented the colonies from going war with each other during wow. perhaps one of the greatest revolutions in the history of mankind. Um, and it, it, it was pretty incredible. Uh, I love it. Um, I'm a history guy. Um, cool. So besides the Bible, if you put that as a default, right. I would say the quartet's pretty good. Cool. All right. Do you believe in aliens? <laughs> um, Are we alone in this universe? Uh, Probably not. Yeah. But you know, I mean, hey, uh, you know, it's a big place. Right. Um, you know, we're, we live in a galaxy that spans a hundred thousand light years across, uh, fifty thousand light years or ten thousand light years thick, um, two hundred billion stars. Uh, that galaxy is one of one hundred fifteen billion registered galaxies in a universe that we've only seen less than one percent of. So if you really do the math. My brain just like threw yeah. up when you said so that. So if you do the math, you do about 115 billion times uh, 100 and a little, a little more than 100, and that's probably the estimate number of galaxies in the universe. Yeah. And then you take that many galaxies and you multiply that number times, say the average galaxy is the size of our own, 250 billion. Uh, some galaxies are three times bigger than ours. That's how many stars you have. I would say that the odds of us being by ourselves are really small yeah. but if anything that just proves how big God is yeah. uh, I, I think that people kind of get the wrong perspective when they start thinking that if there's something else out there that somehow just proves God it does not no. um, yeah. I just think that the, the universe in of itself is uh, it's a it's a big old biosphere yeah. with dead areas and places that are thriving so right. um, you know one thing I do know is for sure um, spit the We've looked at a lot of space, haven't found anything. Yeah. And our solar system is very unique. Um, uh, out of all the planets, uh, they all carry their own characteristics. And then we have our own little blue dot that's placed just the right distance at 93 million miles away from the sun. Yeah. Just too far away to where we don't burn, freeze to death. and just too close to where we don't burn get up. fizzled by a solar flare. Exactly. Flying at us at the speed of light. You know what? Things like that, I think that that's it's encouraging, you know, you to know that. We're good to go, and then we somehow, by the way, have one moon, which is extremely rare, by the way. It's yeah. kind of crazy the fact that we only have one moon. And right. then we have just the right magnetic sphere that goes around that moon and bulges towards the sun to prevent the solar flares from killing. I think that everything that happens to be the way it is is too much of a quote-unquote. You know what? Now that I have you here, and I know how much of a fan of Elon Musk you are. Um, I'm buying my man. All right, you know about his theory? Which one? <laughs> okay. He thinks this is that we're in a simulation. Oh, boy. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? No, we're not in a simulation. Yeah. <laughs> we're not in a simulation. <laughs> what would you, if you had the opportunity to, to hang out with him or even do a podcast with him, like, what would you say about, like, that theory? Well, if I had to say about it, well, I mean, there's a prerequisite to that, and I'd want to get to know the guy first. Right. Um, but... Yeah, you, you have enough time to fanboy out and everything. Get fan, yeah, fanboy out and tell them how much, dude, your Model 3 is great. You want to slide one to your brother here. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know, here's the thing. Um, we spend so much time trying to fit the universe in our head. Yeah. And um, I'm totally cool with, not know, with knowing that I'll never know everything. Right. I'm totally cool with that. I'm totally cool with knowing that the human race will never know everything. Right. Um, 
But ultimately, you know, Jesus didn't come here to, to save you from a simulation. Yeah. From from from, some, from a program. Right. You know, uh, we have a life. We're going to live it. We were born. We're going to die. Um, and that, that, those are just two facts. You know, birth, birth death, and taxes. Those are like three guarantees if you're going to live your life here on earth. Yeah. Um, but, you know, from a scientific standpoint, you know, gosh, that could go down a rabbit hole of so many things. But yeah. ultimately, uh, I think that's a pretty cool opportunity to talk about Jesus. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people get these corpus debates about, you know, whatever, science versus... You know, you have people out there who think they're 6,000 years old. You have people out there who think they're 400 billion years old. You have people out there who believe that everything's random. People out there who don't. I think that those debates get really pointless when you completely miss the fact that it's an opportunity to talk about Jesus. Well, think about how much we, like, still don't know. And yet we're acting like that it's surefire, like, it's surefire like a billion years old. Like, it wasn't until uh, the 1990s that people had determined by what science they knew that it was 4 billion years old. Yeah. All up until then, they thought it was millions of years old. Here's the thing. I don't... I don't... I can't even fathom time as to an infinite God. Right. I really can't. Right. I know he created the heavens and the earth. The mechanics behind how he did it is another story. Exactly. And you know, uh, actually, I actually threw this twist at somebody yeah. about two weeks ago. It was actually kind of an interesting conversation. So, God created man. Mm. He created Adam and Eve, right? Yeah. Adam and Eve weren't created as babies. Right. They're created at a fixed age. Right? Okay. Whatever age that was. Obviously old enough to make decisions. They, they, were, they, were, adults. they, were, they were adults. Right. They were adults. They could probably they were, they were in that phase of life. Whether it was yeah. 20, whether it was 30, whatever. So then he made them at a fixed age. Right? Yeah. How who's to say he didn't do that with the universe and just all of us? There you go. Checkmate. Both right. Right. So you know it it can get that's a whole other conversation, but right. but honestly, it's impossible. But that just goes to show you how God operates on His time is yeah. in His own process. He doesn't he have doesn't, to answer for it either. No, He doesn't have no. to answer to time. Right. And so if He doesn't have to answer to time, us trying to figure out who's right on each side. That's a waste of time. Right. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's you know, a waste and, of time. And, and it's, it's kind of silly. And, you know, and that's what I keep, I, I keep, gosh, I, every time I hear about an atheist debating a Christian and talking about all this stuff all over the board, it's like, y'all, if God's infinite and he's above, if his thinking is higher than your thinking, mm-hmm. what do you think the byproduct of that is? Right. You're not going to understand it. Yeah. You're not going to understand everything, at least. Now, does that does that tell me that is that saying that we can't figure some things out? You can keep learning. Yes, but to to think that you yes. could completely unravel the yeah. entire yeah. complexity of the universe mm-hmm. in your mind mm-hmm. to be able to contain that in your mind. And here's the thing: I believe wrong. in I, I believe in the importance of science. I believe in the importance of pursuing understanding and, mm-hmm. and the innovation that comes out. It was of one of the commandments that God gave us. He said, He said. Uh, Wait, hold on. He said, subdue the earth and multiply. Subdue the earth is essentially learn this creation. Learn how to be stewards of this creation. And that that is science. He's saying, hey, learn this. Then create something. Be fruitful. Yep. And, and I think, uh, you know, ultimately, I mean, shoot, the uh, the tools that we're using to record this podcast right now, they're created as a result of science. Exactly. And so it's not science isn't evil. 
It's not this evil thing. Right. Uh, it saved lives. Yeah. It, it creates the technology that gives us the ability to hop in a car and go to church. <laughs> exactly. And so it's a you know you see that that, that that circle there. Yeah. Um, I think, but ultimately, um, you know, you can get into details all day right. about simulations, about aliens, about all that stuff. The one thing I know for sure, there's a lot of babies. Right. There's a lot of babies. Science changes every day. Exactly. We could we could discover something tomorrow. And then everything changes in the scientific community. Yep. But one thing I know for sure without my mind is that Jesus came, he lived, he died, mm-hmm. he was buried, rose three days later, and 15 over fifteen hundred people saw him accounted for. There you go. And that fact is enough to live by. And and yeah, the rest is actually perfect. Exactly. <laughs> that, it's just toppings. So cool. Um, yeah. All right, brother. Well thank you for coming on to the podcast yeah, and I'm going to do good. some last little announcements here. Um, today's podcast was brought to you by Maple Morning Farms and the Crestwood Feed and Seed Depot. Uh, Maple Morning Farms is a community supported agriculture, uh, produce and uh, farm fresh eggs supplier. If you like to um, have fresh locally grown organic food in your fridge, Maple Morning Farms and the Crestwood Feed and Seed Depot are the place to get those sort of groceries. Also, the Crestwood Feed and Seed Depot is into lawn maintenance and lawn care. Uh, They have been in business for over 30 years and is ran by Kathy Reed and Steve Bowen. Uh, They present high quality products and high quality customer service. If you need any outdoor maintenance whatsoever, Crestwood Feed and Seed Depot is the place to go. Also, thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope that we are able to bring some value to your life and uh, bring you a positive message about Southeast Christian Church and social media altogether and just how people can use pretty much any platform to send out a positive message. Speaking of social media, if you want to engage with this podcast and you want to ask questions or figure out um, what else is next? Um, you can reach me on my Instagram, which is George Shadburn, or my Twitter, which is also George Shadburn, or you can follow my Facebook page, which is also George Shadburn, or you can go to my website, which is georgeshadburn.com. Um, I am open for questions. I'm open for feedback. If you have anybody that you feel like should be on this podcast that deserves uh, an hour or two to talk about uh, something special with their life, please send me a message and don't feel free to engage with me. Um, also, if you want to support the podcast in any way, there is a Patreon account that I've started where you can go and you can sign up to give a monthly donation of either a dollar, five dollars, or ten dollars. And basically what your donation is going to go towards is basically helping out a ministry or a charity or some sort of cause that is represented on this podcast. So for instance, I have a friend, her name is Andrea Scott. She just started Up Louisville, which is a nonprofit that is designated for homeless women and children here in Louisville, Kentucky. That will be the first recipient of this month's Patreon account, and uh, many more to come. And you will be able to see uh, the way that your donations affect people in their lives, and I will post about that on social media as well. If you also want to help out this podcast, what you can do also is follow um, me on social media and also subscribe to my podcast on iTunes and also subscribe to my podcast on YouTube. You can find those by searching Life on a Mission and or George Shadburn. 
Uh, thank you guys again so much. More to come. Uh, Blaine, once again, thank you for being on the podcast, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, you guys have a wonderful day, and God bless.